Introducing Real Estate People. Hey, where are the bills? What are you talking about, Willis? We're the real estate people. People, 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 people. I'm starting with a bold, a bold statement. Let's hear it. It is all about your real estate agent. Now, there are several other people that get involved in a transaction to help it be successful, get to the closing table, to help the buyer, seller get what they want. But it is all about your agent. And the reason why I say that is because of the experience within the industry that if a consumer has a question about banking, if a consumer has a question about inspections, if a consumer has a legal question, who are they going to call? Who does it come to? Yeah. It comes to who? It does. It comes to the agent every time. It's all about the agent. Yeah, they're now, their first point of contact whenever they have anything that they need. And then I, the agent steer, like, yeah. helps them get to where they need to Not go. Not discounting what other people do. They are very important and they're a pivotal part of the transaction. And there is certainly a role and responsibility. And there's people that execute well and don't on all sides of it. But the agent is the apex of the transaction. They're the beginning. It starts with you. And then it yeah. branches out. Which banker should I go to? Which inspector should I hire? Which lawyer should represent me? Yeah. And you know what, too? I think for, for consumers or for clients or people, whatever, they that's their first person that they're thinking about, too. Oh, I want to start looking for a house. Who do I call? An agent. A lot of people don't know an inspector, a real estate attorney, uh, you know, a loan officer, maybe. But an agent is usually the first person. And the agent is the, the person that assembles the team that's going to guide you through the process. And massages it. Just a nice Until deep closing. tissue. Yeah. Did you hear from your lawyer? Did you hear yeah. from your banker? Keeping everyone on track. Did you review the inspection report? Yeah. So it's all about the agent. And that's what we're here to talk about today is how to pick a real estate agent. Yes. And I believe that, well, I've heard it a lot too, not just myself, but most people know one, maybe two agents. Usually it's an aunt or an uncle or your brother got into it or whatever. And so there's a little bit of pressure to go with that person, the person that you already know. And uh, there's even a lot of like social media content and stuff from agents about people choosing someone else besides them. But you got you have to, you're in the driver's seat. Before you have an agent, you are the one that's making the decision to buy a house. You're the one that's starting that wheel in motion, starting the ball rolling, and you're the one that needs to find someone who's going to be a good fit for you and who's going to who's going to help you to be successful in the transaction. So help you to the best of your the ability of the transaction, right? Yeah. I yeah. had a, a beer with somebody the other night before one of our hockey games who he plays on my hockey team, and one of the other kids on the hockey team just got his license, just joined the team, and he was like, "Nah, dude, I want to meet with you." Right. And it was very interesting to me to hear a conversation with him because he was like, yeah, he's my best friend. I've been friends with him since five years old, but I am making the biggest decision of my life. Yeah. 100%, and it's not about yeah. to him. It wasn't about who's my best friend. Right. You know, he wants to know that as he makes this transaction, he's got the person in his corner that has been there and done it. Yep. And that it gets done 
as best as possible. Yeah, and that's everyone's right, and that's what people should be doing. And that new agent, they shouldn't be hurt that somebody went with somebody else who has 10 years of experience with a big team and knows what they're talking about. There should be a level of humility in any salesperson and in any person that's going to understand that dynamic. Like, yeah, I just started. I'm not going to handle this huge transaction. I just had a a thing, actually, a property that you went to see uh, nearby a big commercial mixed you use space. You're stealing my stuff? No. Well, I, I would love to if I could. You can but, have it, though. You don't need to take. No. So what I'm saying what is I know the person who's selling that house. He's one of my dad's best friends. Oh, duh. And so duh, when duh, I man. found out that he was uh, selling, I was thinking from the perspective not of necessarily listing it for him, although I would have loved the listing. I was thinking for, for a buyer that I have. Maybe this person would be interested, but I called the seller, my dad's best friend, and I started saying like, hey, when you list it, you know, I might have somebody who wants to buy it. Maybe we can do an off-market deal. I don't know. And he went into this whole explanation about why he didn't choose me. But from my perspective, I understood this is a huge commercial building. I've been doing real estate for a year. Sure, I've learned a lot. I'm, I'm rolling with the big dogs, Nick Giambra, you know, Ryan, some of these people who do this stuff day and night. Sometimes but, we even do it in our sleep, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I I understood that this seller didn't doesn't know the people that I work with. They just know that I've been doing it a year. Why wouldn't they go with someone? And bro, that's something great to else. point out. Like a lot of agents walk around thinking they're deserving or entitled to someone's transaction because of a relationship, which may be the case sometimes because people are cozy with referrals and stuff. Sure. But you're not entitled to anything as a real estate agent. This is somebody else's decision. You're just helping them make it as best as possible, right? Yeah. It's not your money. It's not your investment. It's not your, we're just helping get it done. Yeah. So in this episode, we want to talk about how do you choose a good real estate agent, the right real estate agent for your transaction, for your situation. And we're, we're going to break it down a little bit and just help the listeners of the show to vet their agent, which is actually the little acronym that we came up with, V-E-T, vet. So let's just go through those three things and talk about that process so that the rest of the transaction is that much more smooth. They're going to be with you that whole time. Yeah. Right. From beginning to end to understanding your motivation to helping you figure out what type of real estate to purchase within that motivation. Mm -hmm. Right. Then there's also a piece about the time frame. So they're, they're spending a lot of time with you, which brings us to the V vibe right likability yeah like you're going to be spending a ton of time with this person while looking at houses while getting your house ready to sell so how do you vibe with that individual do you guys believe in the same things do you get along right when you when you because as much as a client is hiring us or choosing us we're also like interviewing them in a sense too because there's nothing worse than spending that much time with somebody who's just going to drain energy because your mission and vision aren't aligned. Yeah. I mean, you don't necessarily have to believe all the same things, but there needs to be that level of likability. How, how does the conversation go? Is it flowing well? Do you feel like they're just putting on a show? A lot of salespeople, they have this, oh, how's the wife and kids? You know, they, they ask ABC, you, always be closing, right? They're right. just... They're just right. selling. Yeah, I had this guy come over talk about putting solar panels on my roof, and I just had a question about snow. Like, what if snow gets on it? Is it still going to work? And he's like, "Snow problem." And I was <laughs> like, "Goodbye, <laughs> like get out of my house." 
because it was so fake. It was such a, a trained response that was supposed to be funny, but you could tell that he had said it a million times. And so to me, that's a complete turnoff to any person in sales when I can tell they're just scripting their responses to what I say. There's no personal touch there. So vibe is huge because like you said, you're going to be with this person for three to four months, maybe longer. I mean, I've had buyer clients that had a hard time finding something they wanted. We were working together for a year. And even if you find something day one, you're going to be working with this person for at least two months if you're using a conventional or or that kind of loan product. Um, it's going to be at least two months that you are texting, calling, and being with this person on a regular basis. So vibe is huge. Yeah, it's not. it doesn't happen quickly. The, it could happen quickly, but it doesn't. So vibe with this person. Yeah. And then back to, you know, we have this unspoken sometimes expectation to go with our best friend who's a real estate agent. So vibe isn't the only thing because if vibe was the only thing, you would go with your best friend. You're with them all the time. You get along great. Or you do it yourself, right? You vibe with yourself pretty well, or at least most <laughs> yeah. people tend to do. You vibe with yourself pretty well? I've learned how to vibe with myself pretty well. And it comes with age. It does. It comes with it, knowing who you are, right? And sure. covering different things about yourself. But sure. So we talked about vibe, the V in vet, we're vetting our agent. The E stands for experience or expertise, however you want to say it. Um, that's huge too, because real estate for most people is complex. It's confusing. Uh, all the all the terms and the the different words that are used are like another language. You don't use them on a regular basis. And so the experience of an agent is really important that they, not only do you vibe with them, but that they have done this before and that they're confident in what they're doing. And it doesn't mean you need to hire an agent who's done X amount of deals, but what's their access to resources too? Yeah. And how like interested are they in exploring those resources and answering the question honestly because if you ask somebody a question and they don't know the answer and they say i'm not sure let me get back to you perfectly acceptable answer yeah as let long me as find out get back and i'll you. get right back to yeah. you yeah right and that that's part of experience too but not necessarily experience with the asset or the property but experience with how to handle problem solving yes yeah so it doesn't need to be experienced directly related to how many homes sold but what's your experience with life with how you critical think how you critically think about things and how you problem solve. Yeah, and maybe experience can be broadened to your network. So you, like I've been doing real estate for about a year and a half now. I don't have a ton of experience, but I'm, I've surrounded myself with a network of people who are very experienced. And sometimes if that's ever a pushback from a client, I'll lean on those, that network that I've built um, and just remind them that, yes, I may not have all the answers, but... I always know someone who does know that answer and I will connect you with that person. So when I bought my first house, I vibed, not my first house, but one of my houses. That sounds a little egotistical. <laughs> uh, when I bought the second house that I moved into, I hired an agent to help me because I always think like, you should hire someone to transact your real estate because it becomes emotional at some point. You sacrifice somewhere, somehow. It might not be clear at the beginning what that sacrifice is going to be, but throughout that long, drawn-out process, it'll catch up to you. Mm -hmm. So I vibed with my agent, expertise. I kind of lost. I dropped the ball on the expertise part. So I bought a house. 
it was the middle of winter and had an in-ground pool, right? So in the middle of winter, you can't, the pool's not running, it's covered up, the electrical's not on, the pump's not on, the heater's not on, et cetera. There's no way of knowing that you're going to be opening up a swamp when the when the snow thaws. Right. So in most circumstances, you would like establish an escrow account before closing. The seller puts a portion of the proceeds into that account when the weather breaks and you're able to check the pool that money's in escrow in case there's issues with the pool that no one knew about. And if there's no issues with the pool, then- Goes back to seller right? Okay. as soon as you sign off on escrow agreement. But the house I bought, I did not do this. Right, we did not have an escrow set up. I opened the pool in the spring. The concrete was broken all around the pool. The tile band, so all the tile around that top edge of the pool, oh my was broken and missing. The pump didn't work. The heater didn't work. So now I found myself with this giant problem. And I was literally, I bought the house because it had a pool, right? And now after I closed on it and lived there for a few months, I was like questioning: Do I fill the pool in, or do I fix the pool? Right. And that was something like, like someone who's got the experience could really help you understand what the post closing home ownership experience looks like. Hmm. Right. How much is that furnace going to cost to fix? In this circumstance, how much was that pool going to cost to fix? And that was like during COVID, couldn't get material, couldn't get contractors. And that could kill somebody. Not kill them, maybe per se, but that could really hurt their financial situation. Just getting like a pool renovation dumped on your head because you hired the wrong person, you didn't have the escrow, and the deal wasn't transacted that way. Do you still talk to this person? No. The agent? Mostly because of that? Uh, <laughs> There's yeah, maybe yeah, some yeah, other yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, um, so, so, so there's stuff involved there, but. So what you're saying is you vibed really well with them. Vibe they seem well. to have the experience, but when push come to shove, when you opened up that pool and you realized that it was just crumbling. But I don't blame her. Like still as the person driving the transaction, the consumer, Yeah, I should have knew that that was, you know what I mean? It, I, it's not her, her fault. But experience would have nipped would that have in the butt. led her to save you from that and hassle. Bro, my clients would never close on a house with an in-ground pool in the middle of winter and not have forty, fifty thousand dollars in escrow. Forty to fifty thousand dollars? It was more than that to fix, but oh my that's God. what I would ask for these days because I I'm know how much it costs to fix a pool. Right? Yeah. But and I was in real estate at the time and sold a bunch of houses by then. But again, it was emotional to me. So I looked past it, but the person I hired didn't have the expertise in that part of the transaction to help me understand what that was going to look like a few months down the road when the weather broke. Okay. And the pool was really broke. This might be a good segment into the T of that when it comes to trust. So vibe, experience, and trust, all three are equally as important. V-E-T. But do you think that with the pool situation, I'm not talking about this agent in particular, but maybe they have the experience to know that this could be an issue down the road, the pool, when it opens up. When it comes to trust, like, have you seen agents not say anything because they just want the deal to go through? Like, maybe they don't say something or maybe they don't point something out because they don't want to rock the boat and they just want, they're, they're working more for the commission check than they are for the best interest of their client. It's human nature that that stuff exists somewhere, somehow, at some time. I think so. Yeah. Right, some people who are in a financially 
like a situation that's not where they want to be financially. They and it could be unintentional. It doesn't necessarily need to be intentional, right? But they could unintentionally be more focused on the reward of the transaction from their perspective rather than honoring mm-hmm. the the fiduciary duty to the person doing the transaction. So it could it, it probably happens more than not. And there's a lot of stuff in real estate where, you know, we talked about black and white in the previous episode, but there's still a lot of gray area, you, you know, and like, how do you navigate that gray area then? And your agent who you trust is helping you navigate that. Yeah. If you, if you are referred to an agent by a friend, I mean, there's a level of trust there already, but if you're just on your own, if you don't, if all you know is your aunt, who's a real estate agent and you're looking for a couple other options to vet, what's a good way to, to do that? Google reviews? Like, are we... I don't know the data on it, but I would imagine like X, and if we try to guess at the percentage, X amount of transactions start with a Google search. It's probably, I don't know, 20 to 30% of somebody typing into Google Realtor Buffalo, New York, or West Side of Buffalo Real Estate, or Amherst, New York Real Estate Agent, whatever those search words are. I would say a lot of it starts there, which is a great place to start, but it doesn't mean hire the person with the most amount of reviews, right? Because then you got to look you know, beyond that a little bit more, what do those reviews say? Okay. So now it's getting a little bit overwhelming maybe to a listener. Okay. I got to know that I can trust them. I got to know that they have the experience. I got to vibe with them. Um, I think at the end of the day, and what we were talking about even before recording was the idea of following your gut. So at the end of the day, there's this little voice inside of you that gives you a feeling of if this is a good choice or not. And I think if they check all those boxes or maybe maybe they check two of them and one of them you're not quite sure of, that's what you should lean on. What is your gut telling you? What is your conscious telling you? Whatever that voice is for you. Um, and then is the consumer being able to pivot, right? Because then now you trusted your gut, you got into that situation, you may have put even a couple offers down on a house or looked at 20 or 30 houses with this person. But if there's something that happens and now you've lost that trust as the consumer, you know, make the pivot, go talk to a few more people. Hmm. And it's interesting, right? Because when you when you talk to somebody about renovating their home per se, you would never hire the first contractor that, or some people do, but they get burned, right? Getting multiple opinions on it is so important because it teaches you as the consumer what best practices is within that industry, Yeah. right? So even talking to three carpenters about framing out your kitchen gives you an idea of, okay, well, well, then we have to do insulation. So the framing should look like this. So it's just an opportunity for you to educate yourself as a consumer by talking to these multiple people. Right. So a lot of people, when they're looking for an agent or when they're starting to think about buying a home, they're thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to be so much work. There's so many steps involved. I don't know what I'm doing. And the reason that people look for a real estate agent is because they want it to be easy. They want someone else to do it. But or even just someone to lean on. Like as sure. I make this huge financial decision, like just somebody there to check me. Am I paying too much? Right. right? Did I miss something? Yeah. How is that plumbing gonna hold up over the next ten years? Because I plan to be on this home for in this home for the next ten. Right. So they are looking for that person to just like to be their guide. Yeah. I think what I was getting at was if you do this right, if you vet your agent right, yes, it's going to be a little extra work besides just going with your aunt. 
um, it's going to take some more time. You're going to have to do gut checks along the way. You're going to have to make sure that they check all these boxes. But if you do this right, the rest of the transaction will be so much smoother and it's worth the initial work. You're, you're, you're investing your time and your energy up front so that the rest of the process can be yeah. what it, what what people hope it is, fun and exciting. And and we talked about easy. how that agent is that apex, right? So they start with that agent and then it gets spread out to the different people that also are involved within the transaction. And if your agent, if their level if their level is like here, when they recommend you a home inspector or an attorney, what's the level of that person going to be with the person whose caliber is here, right? Mm. So when you hire the right person, everyone else that gets involved in that is also at like that same type of level in terms of That's a good point. how they treat people or you know what's really driving them, what their why is and stuff like that. So, Right. All right. So we got vibe, we got experience or expertise, and we have trust. Do those three things. Think about those things when you're, when you're vetting your agent. And you're setting yourself up for success. And you owe it to yourself as a consumer. Yeah. You know, to, to just get the best possible experience. Definitely. Well, that, was, that was a great conversation. And I'm looking forward to our next one about lending, right? Vet an agent. Next up is what can you afford? Who's going to help you underwrite the deal? Right. Thanks for listening. Real Estate People Podcast. Bye. Looking for a vet for your cats who need a place to live? Um, no, not not much of a cat person myself, but I, I probably know some people. You ever find yourself just puttering around in some litter looking for the best place to go? You know, why don't you, why don't you just read this ad to the cats? I'm sure there's a Google Translate version of that for cats. There's only a few type of cats in this world. Cool cats and not cool cats. And when you're looking for a place to take these cats when they need some work, visit the Summer Street Cat Clinic on Allen in Buffalo, and you'll be purring all the way home.